0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy.
1: Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken.
0: Today on Sense of Soul, we have Dr. Ross Carter. He has been in private practice since 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia and West Palm Beach, Florida. He is a specialist that helps busy professionals slow down the aging process by eliminating pain, minimizing inflammation and stimulating regeneration using stem cells and stem cell nanoparticles. He is also a two-time best-selling author And has a new book coming out called Rethink Aging. We are very grateful that you took the time to talk to us. So thank you.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to learn some cool stuff.
0: Yeah. And you know, your podcast is great. It is called the Regenerative Warrior Podcast. I mean, talk about some extremely fascinating topics.
2: It was really created for medical uh, me to help other medical professionals but i found that a lot of people listen to it because they that will it'll have a topic that they're really interested in like i did one a really really popular one was uh, when i did with Aubrey de gray about aging and actually that's part of uh the book that i i i created was talking about aging and how we think about it and and how we 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 need to define it the problem is now we don't have a really good definition of what aging really is and so I, I was like, let's let's make a clear definition. So if we define what it is, then maybe we can come up with solutions to reverse what's going on. And that's really what I, I'm gonna tell you about today.
0: All right, well, let's jump in. So could you sure. define aging for us?
2: Well, uh, when you define aging, first of all, you, you've gotta look at it in context. What are we talking about when we're aging? Like. For example, like when I when I talk to big groups of people and I and I ask everyone there, I'm like, tell me your definition of aging. And so I'll get different variations of what it means to, to people. And I'll get like, um, you know, uh, it's it's a process of getting older. And I'm like, OK, that's a good definition. That that makes sense. Uh, and then but I say, well, when does that start? I mean, if, if it's just a process of getting older, uh, do you think of a 10-year-old as getting uh, older? And of course they are. So are they aging? I don't think anybody thinks a 10-year-old is aging. Would, would you think of that? Uh, no. So then it, if it's not just a process of getting older, th- then there's more to it. Is it, is there a number? Is it like, uh, is it when you have a zero after your number, right? Like a 30 or a 40 or 50 or 60, 70, what, what is it a number or is it an age? And then if you think about it that way, it's like, well, I've seen 50 year olds that look great and are healthy and strong. And I've seen 30 year olds that look like, you know, grandma, you know, so uh, there's a lot. So it can't be just a number then. So there's there's other factors when we're looking at aging to try to figure it out. When I was doing my research on on this topic, I came across uh, a gentleman, his uh, Ph.D., Dr. Aubrey de Grey, and he was talking about aging. And he said that aging really has to do with a cellular process in our body called metabolism. And I was like, metabolism, right? So every day our cells are taking nutrients in and they're converting them into energy and useful proteins that we need for our body so that we can function and be alive. And all that, those billions and billions and trillions of cells, all that processing causes damage. And it's really this damage that causes us to age. What's going on is we have an accumulation of damage over time, right? We get little by little by little by little. Eventually that develops into a problem, right? So you have metabolism that's creating this little minor damage. that, That damage accumulates to become major damage. And then that damage eventually overtakes our ability to heal that damage and then it becomes a pathology. So that would be a simpler way to say that. Now, when I looked at that, I was like, that's brilliant, but there's something else missing. That, that there, there are, There's really multiple things that I, I like to look at. Metabolism obviously is, is part of it. But then what about stress? I was like, wait a second, we have stress. We have physical stresses. We have emotional stresses. We have chemical stresses. So I was like, okay, wait a second. So it's metabolism plus the amount of damage that we get from our stress in our life. We could be in an unhealthy environment and inhaling bad fumes that can age us. Have you ever seen somebody who smokes and their face suddenly gets really wrinkly earlier than it should? Well, that's causing damage because of these chemicals, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we've got emotions, which depression, anxiety, all these things can accelerate our aging process. In fact, this last year and a half during COVID, we've aged more than we've ever aged in our history because of all the, the changes of stress-related problems that come about. So, it's, it's basically, uh, aging is really metabolism, combined with the stresses that we receive. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who brilliant PhD, Dr. Ian White. And he was like, you're right, but there's one more component that, that you're missing. And I was like, what is that? And he says, genetics. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Our genetics have to do with how we age, The, But it's not just our genetics, it's the expression of our genetics. It's more commonly called epigenetics, right? Because we developed our, we, we got our genes from our family, right? Our, our mother and father and their family and all that. And it comes down into us and we have our genetic genetics, right? They are, this is who we are or we, we, sh, we can be. And then we have an expression of those genetics, right? So it's not what we have as our code, but it's the expression of those genetic codes that really make us as healthy as we are. So aging is really a combination of metabolism that we experience every day, the, the stresses that we experience all the time, and our expression of our genetics that really determine how we're aging right? So that is truly aging. Now, does aging affect every part of the body the same, though? It's like, well, no, we have 11 systems in our body. Let's say, for example, we have a skeletal system, we have our digestive system, we have our respiratory system, right? Our endocrine system. So we have various systems of our body, and when we're, we've got all this damage and we've got all this, these epigenetic changes, these tend to attract or go towards or attack, let's say, the areas that we're weakest in. For example, let's say our digestive tract was kind of the weaker area of our body. All right. What symptoms could you experience Um, that it's showing you that there's a weakness. What conditions or uh, symptoms might you experience? What would you think? Anybody?
1: Like GERD or, you know, um, acid reflux, you know.
2: Acid reflux. Perfect. Absolutely. What about if it's in your skeletal system? What conditions could we have? Arthritis. Arthritis, osteoporosis, right? So if you look at the different systems, it, it every one of the systems could have a problem a weakness and so we've got all these things damage that's accumulating it affects the areas of our weakest links which is what i call them and that is really what aging is all about that is why we age and why our body ages differently it's not just the whole body that's aging at the same rate it's certain areas age faster than other areas then we develop a condition uh, a pathology of that area. The okay. challenge that we have now in healthcare is that we're always chasing these pathologies, right? So someone develops arthritis, so then they're trying to help with that. Someone develops cancer, then they're always trying to f- uh, fight that condition. And I have found that there's a cure for all conditions. What do, what do you think the cure for every condition is? I would say that uh, the cure for all disease is in, and, in, and, and problems is to never have them happen in the first place. So that that's really what I look to do is try to go and fix the damage that's caused by our bodies that we're unaware of. Okay. There's, and there's ways to do that. Does that, so that makes sense. So, yeah. so this is really, it's called preventative maintenance, like if you look at a car that's 100 years old, like a, one of those beautiful like Model Ts, they're different those, those different cars that you see on the street sometimes or at car shows. Now, those cars are not designed to last 100 years. They're, they're usually lasting 10 to 20 years. What's amazing about it is it's lasted over 100 years. And the reason is because they've done what's called preventative maintenance. They've gone in and fixed things before it become catastrophic right? You don't go and get an oil change after your, your engine explodes. Not a good time, right? Then you have lots more damage. So you go in yeah. on periodic, uh, tr- you go in, you take your car every three months or 3,000, 5,000 miles. And even though your car is acting fine, no problems, you still go and get that oil change. It's preventing it from having a problem in the future. Because you know that over that time, you're having wear and tear on the, on the engine that car is wearing, uh, starting to wear, but since we repair, you know, we fix some of the problems prior to them ever becoming a a real problem. You notice then the, then it doesn't ever become a catastrophe. This is the same thing we can do with our health. We can prevent problems before they become a pathology, which is so difficult to fight. When we wait till we have a condition, then we're, it's a never ending battle that we eventually lose. Because we can't, uh, you know, we can't just just wait for a condition and then, then go after it and say, okay, I'm going to take these supplements. I'm going to do all the, we do that, but it's so much more difficult. If, if you never had it in the first place, it's so much better. For example, let's say, let's take cancer, something crazy, right? Let's say lung cancer. Now, have you, uh, do you know any, well, it, it, well, any kind of cancer? Do you know anybody that's, that's going through a, a cancer of some kind? Can you think of somebody? Mm -hmm. Think of somebody, right? Now that is their focus of their life a lot of the time, right? They are always doing these procedures or some kind of surgery or or radiation, or they're doing something to try to prevent the cancer. They can get some of it, and then they have to do it again, and they're doing so. It's a, it's a, it's a battle that they keep doing. Now, have you ever known someone that has lived their entire life and never had cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so their life, they didn't have to do all the things that this person that has cancer is doing. They focused on other areas that may, that may have been a problem. So you, their bodies was, were able to, to prevent the cancer from ever forming in the first place, thereby never having the cancer that kills So the goal here is to try to prevent all these health problems from occurring because we know that we're gonna eventually start to break down as we get older, The amount of damage that we sustain is going to overtake our repair system. Now, when we're in our youth, when we're, let's say, a 20-year-old, remember when you were 20 and you could do everything you wanted to and you were pretty much invincible? Basically, you could stay out all night and not sleep and work the next day and you'd be fine and you would restore your life. Or you would go and play a sport, and the next day you were fine. You would wake up. All the discomfort that you may have had that night are gone. All those things happen, right? Remember all those good days? You would go drink excessively, and then oh, your liver yes. would, right. And then uh-huh. you're like, the next day, you're, you're, you're fine. You can live. Now, I don't know how old you are, but as you get older, you'll probably notice that uh, your body doesn't seem to respond the same way. Staying all night out all night is not something that uh, is really healthy for you. And the next day you pay for it for maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe multiple yes. days. You're right. Yes. Or you go out and do a weekend warrior thing. You're out there playing the sports you used to love. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, I can't do what I used to be able to do. So our bodies, Uh, when we're young are able to repair ourselves. That's what's what's awesome about it. We have a regeneration system that actually can fix all the, the issues that's going on in our body enough to prevent a problem. So why is it that when we get older, it doesn't work the same? Because the repair and regeneration system of our body is not as efficient and as strong as it used to be. But what if it could be? So this is preventative maintenance. I call it regenerative maintenance. And the reason I say that is it's using some advanced regenerative procedures to stimulate our regeneration system to work overdrive like it did when we were younger. So we stimulate our body to heal like it did uh, like when we were young.
1: I just did that recently. After COVID, I was having a lot of upper digestive system issues. None of the meds were working. I had CAT scans, ultrasounds. And it wasn't until I started breathing and working with the vagus nerve that actually it went away. Awesome. You
2: actually did some natural things to help a problem that was already there. But what if, the, if you had been doing those respiratory techniques prior to ever having the problem? What now if you were I doing,
1: gotcha. So what if you were doing
2: yoga on a frequent basis where you were working on your respiration, then maybe the problem never would have uh, surfaced in the first place. Now, how do we know if we're gonna have a problem before we have a problem? See that the problem is like the warning, hey, there's a problem here, we need to fix it. Well, there's different ways to do that. First of all, if you do an activity like I'm a runner, right? Now, guess what'll happen to me eventually? Because I run. What 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 may be some conditions that I develop? But you might pull a muscle
1: act. or something.
2: Sure, sure. Most likely, I'm going to have a lot of excess of wear and tear on my joints, in my ankles, my knees, my hips, right? So should I just keep running and wait till that happens before I do anything about it? Or is there a way to actually prevent problems in the future? Because I know that I'm, I'm, I'm putting excess of stress on my joints. So what if I could go in there and, and do an oil change on those areas before there are problems? And, and when I say an oil change, basically stimulate a, the regeneration of the damage that I've already caused in those areas. So let's say I did a procedure that used um, something that stimulated my stem cells and did it in my ankles, my knees, and my hips. And that way, in the future, then maybe I will never develop a condition on those areas in the first place, because that's where I'm probably going to develop it. Now, we all do things that will tend to cause different, uh, problems that we know about. If we like to play tennis, then we're probably going to develop problems in our elbows and in our shoulder, right. And, or maybe our wrist. So you can actually figure out some of the things you should look at and do an oil change on, let's say okay. that before we, before it's actually a problem. We Thank like, you. I'm healthy. I don't feel anything. I'm good. And then all of a yeah. sudden one day we wake up and we're not good anymore. And then we're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So there's, there are those ways to do that is where we go in and we work on preventing problems that is likely to occur because of our activities in our life. That makes sense. Absolutely. The other way is to do epigenetic testing. 23andMe is a great test, right? You can go and get your code read and guess what it'll tell you? It says you are predisposed to these various conditions. Have, have you either one of you done a twenty three and me? No,
1: I've refused to do it because I believe in the placebo effect too. I believe that I'll just manifest all those things once I see that I have it.
2: Okay, there is some truth in that, yes, but I would rather know before than to wait and say, "Well, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, do something about it beforehand, right?" So (laughs) for me, I did the test and it said I have a predisposition in my family runs for macular degeneration. So what does that mean to me? Well, that means if I know that I have that gene in my body, how do I make sure it doesn't get turned on? Because our genes turn off and on, right? That's how they work. They're either off and on. So I don't want that gene to turn on so that I start to express the, the condition. So I just do what it takes procedure wise to say, hey, how do I prevent macular degeneration? Is it through nutritional components or what, right? So then I would, I would take like whatever nutrition that I need to or do the things I need to do to prevent that problem from ever turning on so that I don't ever experience it. See, the way genes work is pretty fascinating. The expression of our genes is really amazing. Most children, when they're young, can drink milk. Right? Because their body is making a gene or it has a gene that uh, allows us to break, uh, use an enzyme to break down milk. But as we get older, most adults have lactose intolerance. Now, why is that? Because it's weird. We were the same person and I could do it before, but why can't I do it now? Because the gene that causes the expression of, or or the expression of the gene that causes you to be able to uh, create the enzyme that breaks down the milk is no longer on, it's turned off. That's our genetics. It says, you're adult, you're not supposed to be drinking milk. So we're gonna turn that uh, gene expression off. And then now you don't have that enzyme and now you can't break down the milk and now you're lactose intolerant. But what if we could turn that gene back on? Guess what? You could drink milk again because that enzyme would be being made. What if, and the, the, the idea of what I do now is I work on trying to turn on the youth genes that we used to have on that are now turned off. That is true anti-aging because I'm literally changing your genetic expression, not your genetics, but I'm turning on the genes that you used to have on when you were younger. And you can do that through various uh, uh, regenerative type of procedures. Some would call it, uh, let's say, uh, stem cell therapy. Stem cell therapy is one of those routes that actually can stimulate and and get the um, the, the regenerative system working more, more strong. And that's really one of the things that I work with is, is trying to, to get that happening, uh, with our bodies is, is stimulate our regenerative system to work more uh, efficiently. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, cool.
0: No, (laughs) I mean, I mean, seriously, I, I want to thank you. I want to jump in and thank you for like, really breaking this shit down for us because, It is a lot to understand. So I appreciate you um, explaining it to us in the way you are. It makes a lot of sense.
2: Perfect, so when you get involved in this field uh, and somebody says, hey, I'm interested in learning about these type of procedures, what, what, what are available to us? What can we do for these things? So one of the procedures I call, it's called regenerative nanoparticles. Now, unfortunately or not, uh nanoparticles has kind of gotten a kind of a reputation recently because of the, the vaccine. The vaccine is, is a nanoparticle that contains RNA. Right? Uh, it has a it's called mRNA, which is the precursor to a protein. What it does is it has it's a recipe. So the way it works, like with the vaccine, I'll use this as an example, is somewhere in a lab. <laughs> Now, this is not pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. So this is just an illustration. I have to always say that because I get attacked when I do this presentation. So I'll say, look, here's how the vaccine concept is supposed to work. They take a a strand of what's called mRNA, like a a half a helix, right? And they put it in a protective coating. It's a little bubble that protects it because you're going to put it in the body. And if you just left it as RNA it would be destroyed. But with this little protective coating, it prevent, prevents that from happening. They inject that into the body and these little protective coating, these little molecules go out and they go, they attach to the cells and then they kind of insert the message that's in this, this little molecule. And it says here, we want you to start making this protein. Now the, the cells of our body, uh, they're protein factories. That's really what they're there for. And so they go in there and then they they start to produce all these, these different proteins that they're instructed to make. In this case, they make what's called a spike protein. That spike protein is made, it's excreted from the cell and then the immune system comes in and attacks it and, you know, and then it has an immunity to that type of, uh, of MRNA again, which would be found on the the surface of COVID. Right. So that's how the, uh, the, the, vaccine works. Now we can do the same thing with a stem cell. A stem cell, what it does is if you put a stem cell in your body or move stem cells, you have them all over your body anyway. What it does is it sends messages to the repair cells in our body. So the stem cell itself typically does not make new tissue. What it does is it coordinates the repair of all the other injuries and damage. So let's say for example, my knee is injured and I put stem cells of some kind into that area, those stem cells are not going to create new cartilage if that's what my problem is. They're not gonna fix that. But what they will do is they'll stimulate my own repair system, my own cells that create cartilage to start to work again. And then the cartilage cells can start to regenerate and it can make new cartilage. As long as my cells are good and they can make that new cartilage, they'll, they'll stimulate that production, right? So the goal of what we do is putting these regenerative particles into the, the joint in this case, it stimulates the body to start to repair itself. Now, what's cool about it is the way it does it is it go, when it goes in, it sends these little messages, like we just talked about, those little bubbles that have this RNA inside. Well, stem cell does the same type of communication. It sends little bubbles with RNA and something called microRNA, which is important. And those go to cells that are damaged and they stimulate them to start to repair. Now, mRNA is a precursor to the proteins that it's making, but the microRNA shuts down the expression of, of certain genes. So you can change your genetic expression by these microRNA that are in these uh, stem cell um, signaling factors, which is what they are. And so we can change our genetic expression to be something that it was before, m- maybe when we were younger. So that is the changing of our expression of our genes. So that's one of the procedures we do. Some, they call, it, it can be called exosome therapy or regenerative nanoparticle therapy, which is where we're taking, we're, we're stimulating the production of the, the repair cells as well as changing the expression of our genetic expression so that it's in a more younger sense because it will be based on the cell that we're using. If we're using young stem cells, for example, it'll change to the expression of the youth that we used to have. If we and use so, our own, it won't do it as much. Go ahead.
0: Gotcha. Where do you get that young stem cell?
2: Well, stem cells come in, a, in basically a couple forms. We can get them from your own body, from either your bone marrow which we go in through the back of the hip or we can get it from fat tissue which is just a liposuction procedure or we can get it from a donated source an external source and typically where we get that from is from placental tissue so a woman has had a baby the placental tissue remains; it's usually discarded, oh. and we've just basically recycled those cells, and we can use those on other people, even though they're not the same um, markers as we have. Uh, what's cool about uh, stem cells uh, and, and other regenerative cells is they can evade the immune system for a while, and they can have a positive benefit in our in our body. Um, so that's what's so you don't have that instant rejection. Now it does kill them eventually but it can ha- it, it can be enough time to actually have a positive
1: response can we so, can we break down what a stem cell is first can we kind sure. of just talk about i mean because you can't go to the grocery store or pharmacy yet to get a stem cell i would love to because that sounds amazing like i need <laughs> that like, i was thinking about the different places in my body And am like Shit, does this come like in pill form with a little plastic coat around it and a little you know just a little no container? it comes
2: it comes frozen cryogenically frozen in vials that's how we get it
1: Okay but you know what what makes what is a stem cell, cell? My, when I'm taking someone else's stem cell, what am I taking yeah. with me?
2: Perfect good question. So let's let's start with a st- what a stem cell is. We are all created from stem cells. Our body all our, our cells are completely cells. This is a bunch of cells have come together and they formed this person that I am. And same with you. So we are all, we're just an accumulation of cells. Those are cells originated from these specific, these stem cells. A stem cell is an undifferentiated cell, meaning it can become different tissue lines. It can become a muscle cell, a bone cell, a brain tissue cell a nerve cell blood cell it can be any of these type of cells so it has the ability to differentiate into various types of cells okay that's that's what a stem cell is it is in charge of the repair system of our body so when we let's say we go to the gym we work legs right and we push our bodies to the the the, our extreme we, we push ourselves and we start to to get some tears in our our muscles, which is normal for, uh, for them to grow. So the stem cells that are surrounding the blood vessels will come out and they'll say oh, okay look looks like we need uh, some repair of this muscle and so it says okay let's make some it, it makes these specific little chemical messages and it sends it to these myocyte cells that that start uh, they're sometimes called progenitor cells which uh will say okay we'll make some more muscle tissue and it makes more muscle cells and it fixes the damage so that's how a a, a stem cell works it goes and it, it assesses what needs to happen and then it stimulates repair
1: when I'm taking on somebody else's cell,
2: am I taking on part of their genetics or DNA? Yes, you can. You are, you're, because a cell will have the DNA of the, of the mother's, where, where it came from. It's host, right? okay. So yes, you are taking the genetics on. Um, will that cause a problem? On some people, it may, but usually the amount that you're using is so low that the other cells are able to kill it fairly fairly oh, quickly.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: it still has the ability to produce a a positive response but it there is there is a concern that that's a that an issue so that actually so we've been using these type of cells for a number of probably 20 at least 20 years that's when they first started doing that and that's an issue that's that a problem is what we're talking about is rejection right the cells go into your body they're foreign and then the immune system attacks them eventually. It doesn't happen immediately because the stem cell can, and can modulate the immune system, which is pretty impressive. So it can kind of evade the immune system for a while. But if, the, if what it does while it's doing that is it's sending out the message, these chemical messages, what if we just took the chemical messages and removed the cell? Then we can have something that, does, that, can, that doesn't cause a rejection at all. And that is this new therapy I'm referring to, which is, can be called exosome therapy, nanoparticle therapy. So what, we're do, what we've done is this. We've taken these stem cells. Let's say we take it from placental tissue and they, they process this tissue. Uh, and this is in a lab. And they take out the cells and then they grow them into these, uh, these little colonies of cells. Let's say it's MSCs, which is the most common one that you've heard of, the mesenchymal stem cell. And they have a colony of these cells, and then they stimulate them to release their little growth factors, these little exosomes. And then they capture these, concentrate them, and then wow. they use just the signals. Now, the signals, what we found is you have the same effect as the stem cell, but then we don't have the problem of rejection. Of a live cell because they're tiny little particles. These little particles are the 100th the size of a cell, so they're very very tiny. So they don't get a, they don't become like oh my gosh there's a you know there's a, there's a, these new cells that are invading my body. It's just these just little signals and those signals go into the cells. They stimulate the response. They tell the they have the recipe of to make whatever it is whatever protein and then that that's what starts to happen.
1: That's unbelievable that they can do that
2: it is amazing amazing wow so we can actually reverse some of the aging processes
1: can we talk about uh, the meditation in the telomeres and lengthening those also has been proven to lengthen your your aging process but
2: well there's a there's a downside to talking about telomeres telomeres is a is a double-edged sword let me explain to you what that means okay they're, they're, they're really, I, I, in my book, I cover this, and there's 10 hallmark signs of aging. One of those has to do with telomeres. Now, th- those of you who don't know what a telomere is, let's look at, think of a shoelace with a little, the, little plastic end caps on it, you know, th- that prevents it from unwinding. Well, telomeres are at the end of chromosomes, all right? Uh, So they're at the end of uh, of the chromosomes and they prevent those from unwinding. Okay, now, every time a cell divides that little telomere, that little protective cap gets a little bit shorter. Right. And then eventually it gets too short and then it stops the cellular um, 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 duplication. And it's called a hay flick response. And it and it's usually 40 to 60 times. That's how many times a cell can replicate before mm-hmm. it's supposed to die. But sometimes it doesn't die and it becomes a senescent cell, and that's a whole nother animal. So we've got these telomeres that uh get shorter and shorter with time, and then they stop. So people thought, well, if we just extend these telomeres, then we could have our cells live longer. Which is fine, except that there are cells that are, that are called immortal cells. Do you know what those are? Have you ever heard of an immortal cell?
1: No, but I want one. No, I
2: don't. No, you don't. It's no, called you don't. cancer.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, I don't want that one, no.
2: You don't want that. Cancer cells are called immortal cells because their telomeres do not shorten and they continue, oh, to, oh, be- continue really? to be able to replicate. That's why they last. Right. Oh. So these, these cancer cells have figured out how to not allow the, the telomeres mm-hmm. to shorten and then they just stay and they just keep replicating. So it
1: doesn't so work for everyone. That's why I so said it may work for some.
2: Yeah. So so the it's idea different. of extending your telomeres so that you have more cell life is can be good unless it starts to create cancer and then it can be bad. So mm-hmm. so it's a it's a double-edged sword.
1: Okay. Thank yes. you so, so much. It, for, when you're
2: dealing yeah. with telomeres, you're in a you're in a scary area that because there there's probably a reason that the telomeres are are there to to shorten and stop, and uh, that is it. and the idea that a lot of scientists think is because it helps to prevent the production of cancer cancer cells. Wow. Okay.
1: Thank you, Dr. Carter. Yeah. How did you get
0: into this? Like as a little boy, were you just, were you completely like obsessed with science? How did this become your love? Where did this come from?
2: So was I a nerd my whole life? Is that what you're saying?
0: (laughs) Were you Dr. Ross Carter? Were you a nerd from birth?
2: No, I was not that nerdy. Uh, I did well in school, but uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't the traditional nerdy guy. Actually I got involved in practice when uh, in 1996 and um, I had physical rehab. We had all physical things like chiropractic massage, physical therapy um, uh, and, and all that. Uh, so we were a rehab center. Uh, I had those since 1996 and then uh, it kept growing. And in 2011 uh, I was 41 in 2011 and I decided I wanted to, I was single. And I said, hey, I want to meet girls. I want to meet women. So this is great. This is a question I'll ask you. So <laughs> here, here's my, my solution. Now, this is 10 years ago. I was thinking, where can I meet a lot of women fast and get connections? And uh, I like the in-person as opposed to online. So I was like, hey, I know recreational sports.
1: I thought
2: you were going to say yoga. Yoga's good, too. Yoga's good, too, but you don't get to talk as much. So I was like, hey, why not do recreational sports? So I was living in Atlanta, and I was like, I had some choices, like softball. They had kickball. um, They had soccer. And they had one that I hadn't heard of in a long time. Dodgeball. Y'all remember dodgeball? Yes, You remember it? It Now you
1: might need a really tough woman there.
2: Right. Well, at the time I stupidly thought this would be a great place to meet women. (laughs) It turned out to not really be a good idea for several reasons. Number one, uh, I'm 41 and everybody was 20. That was a that wasn't a huge problem, but it was a little like, okay, I'm now They're a chaperone. Carrying
1: the old man off the field. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh great,
2: so I'm I'm now the team captain and the uh, the you know the counselor and you the know I, I mean, all these young
1: yeah guys. I was like I'm not
2: going to connect real well with this. So so oh, needless to is. say that that became a problem. And there's other things, there's other problems. Now think about it this way: if I'm wanting to meet other women, and I'm hurling these little plastic red balls at their faces on the other side and I hit some girl do you think Uh, she's really gonna want to meet me for a beer afterwards I'm gonna say not a chance how about this how about if I don't protect my girl teammates from the other guys and they're (laughs) getting smacked they're not gonna like me either so it was a bad idea all the way around you know it was like
0: I mean, let's just say one of them did want to go out for a beer after, but you were so damn sore and you pulled a hammy that you couldn't even go.
2: <laughs> How about that? Yeah, you're almost you were almost on it. I actually did worse than that. I, uh, I threw a ball and tore my ACL. Yep. I was down for the count, man. I was out. Ugh, so uh, out. I got, you know, it was weird because I've never had my body um, fail me. Before I never had it. I'm I was in great shape. I mean I exercised everything, so I was just like, uh, what what just happened? You know that that was not supposed to happen. And so I limped off the court, uh, kind of hopped off. That was the end of that. The dodgeball was done, and uh, so I started doing rehab because I thought I sprained it. Uh, it didn't get better, uh, not much better. It, it it did a little bit, but I was still uh, favoring my my uh, my right knee because my left knee had given out. So eventually, I was just like, you know, we're, we're literally doing therapy, you know, on it all the time. Eventually, I was like, um, this is not working for me. And uh, I needed a solution. So I went to an orthopedist. And uh, that was a mistake, because all he wanted to do was surgery. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd seen so many people that had had surgeries that had horrible experiences, because You know, even, even when, when it's a success, they tend to have to go and do another surgery. You know, they have to revise revisions. They call it nice things. Like we're going to go clean up, right? Yeah. That's a nice term for, Hey, we're going to do surgery on your leg again, but we're going to call it something else that sounds less invasive, which is clean up. (laughs) We're going to clean up your knee. Really (laughs) clean it up. Like, like a vacuum cleaner or something. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going to cut it open and we're going to start chopping off pieces. Like, oh, wait, wait, that's not really, that's surgery. That's not really cleaning anything. Yeah. So, anyway, so, uh, so I decided not to do that. And, uh, I was like, I was desperate and I needed some solution. And that's when I, uh, I, I ran across some information about uh, stem cells and it was out of, uh, Thailand. And so I went to, I actually said, you know what, I'm going to go find out if this is true. And uh, I did. And, I uh, learned all about stem cells there. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I didn't want to do the procedure there because it's halfway across the world. And if there was a problem, then I'm in trouble. I'm not going to fly again over there. Um, so I uh, came back and then I found a pla- uh, I found where I could get the placental tissues and uh, it was new. And then they injected it or I, my, I had it done in my office and we injected it in a month later. Man, my knee was all fixed. Everything was back to normal. Never had surgery still fence my knee, and because of that, that's why I got involved in this field in the first place. And
1: less invasive, and yeah. a lot of times you get surgery, and now you're dealing with scar tissue issues. True. So why aren't people doing this? Or are stem cells hard to get? Is that why? Is it
2: expensive? Uh, well, there are people doing it actually all the time, yeah. but it's right. it's not as common as it could be. As
1: surgery, it's not as common right. as surgery.
2: And the reason is, most of the time, is one, people don't know about it. Two, it's and, and the cost. The cost factors okay. are a, a problem for a lot of people. An average procedure ranges about five thousand dollars now, and that's not covered by insurance. So you have to what? lay down quite Why? a bit of money. That's that's how much it is. It's expensive. Why not
1: Would an insurance cover that?
2: It's considered experimental.
1: So can anyone <laughs> donate? their
2: stem cells can anyone donate their stem cells you can donate your stem cells uh but you're when we're doing therapies typically we're using uh placental derived because they're younger you can use uh your own um and you can donate your own but uh those are difficult those are usually a different kind of uh procedure because you have to have matching, and then they would do it with, um, say, for a problem like leukemia or something like that.
1: Do you, can you clone them and you know make more and just take one, or do you have to have it from a living host?
2: You can expand the cells absolutely, and they do that in labs.
0: So fascinating. But that's why it's
2: costly. You were asking why it's costly. You know, there's a lot of, there's cost involved. Okay.
0: So I see a lot of estheticians coming out with like these stem cell creams and these stem cell activators and these, um, like I even had this procedure done. I was like the Guinea pig where they went in and drew my blood and put it in a machine and shook it around and then took out like the, you know, and they injected it into like my chest Um, And then it was supposed to reactivate and grow my breast tissue to help my boobs lift. Kind of like the the vampire facial, but it was like a vampire boob lift. (laughs) Did it work? Not really. No. No.
2: Yeah. So so what you're talking about, (laughs) it's it's called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. And basically you're taking the growth factors out of your own blood and you're concentrating it and you're, you're, you're trying to use your growth factors to stimulate regeneration to some degree. It works a little somewhat, but it usually takes multiple procedures and the effectiveness rate. It can be limited.
0: Yeah. And so does this help people with um, pain in like, you know, certain areas as it well? Can.
2: The problem is, When you usually do the procedure, it causes a, an increase in inflammation, which usually can cause more pain initially, but then over time, over time, it can start to heal and feel better. But usually when somebody does a PRP, they don't feel so great after the procedure.
0: Okay. So with this procedure that you've been talking with us about this, where exactly would you put the stem cells if they, if this is pre any injury or pre anything?
2: Good question. So Uh, systemically you want, okay. So what's cool about these, these, these little particles, these nanoparticles in the stem cells is they are attracted to inflammation. When you damage yourself, it becomes inflamed, whether you know it or not. Internally, you can have inflammation. Let's say a a stem cell finds uh, is attracted towards inflammation. It'll go to that area and it'll start this process of repair. So what if we could just take stem cells or these these cellular factors, these little, we'll call them exosomes in this case, and put them in our body, let them naturally circulate, go to the areas of damage that we don't know about, and just repair those those areas like they normally do, and we don't know about. Wow. So that's wow. how you do it. Systemically. Okay. Obviously, the more the better in in a specific area. So, if you're an athlete that's working out on your knees, or, you know, you're going to damage your knees, like weightlifting or or running, then you would just want to inject that area that that area so that it, you can get a lot more of those of those growth factors. Into Man,
0: this seems like something that a lot of um, professional athletes would want to do. Right,
2: and of- you know, it's not you're not going to be able to you're not going to test for steroid. <laughs> like you've taken a steroid or doping. Yeah. Or
1: right. Yeah, Something outside of you. So let me ask you, you said that, you know, aging had a few different components. There's like metabolism, genetics, mm-hmm. but you also mentioned stress. Now stress yep. is usually outside of you. Of course we can have some, you know, trauma passed down genetically, but you know, what about the outside factors of stress? What do you suggest about that? And that's nothing we can actually see. In a medical DNA test.
2: Well, when you're talking about stress, there's there's primarily three forms. There's emotional, there's chemical, and there's physical. So, emotional, uh, you know, you right, know, okay. that's how you feel. So, chemicals. Well, we can change that. I mean, if you're in an area where you're breathing in toxic fumes because of you're by the highway. Or you're in a congested area then you can move to an area that doesn't have all that right. or if you have water that you're drinking and it's and it, you want to make sure it's filtered so you can clean out all the chemicals uh if you're eating foods then go more organic so you're not getting as much pesticides and all those other weird things that that are put in those foods whether it be uh you know hormones that are put in animals or uh pesticides on our plants so so you can you can control that to some degree Um, But those are external things you have to do yourself. Yeah. We're always, we can always work on our stress. If you're, if you're in situations that put you into depressed modes, you know, you have to change that, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's through counseling or through, or through your way of life, whatever it is that makes you happy with your life. So you have to work on those. Those are, those are very vastly different in the way you approach them.
1: Yeah. I wanted to explain, like, my dad, in his family, they obviously have some sort of issues genetically with their heart. I mean, even the most healthiest people on his side of the family who've never smoked a cigarette or even drank a beer have heart stuff. Like, my dad never had any kind of stress, you know, tools or anything. So what he did was he amplified that. So he turned on that the gen- genetic component right? of heart issues. Now, had he had some prior preventative stuff he could have maybe prevented that from coming full on and he died very young he needed a new heart so what you're saying is is you may have all these things which is common with most of us but if you can be preventative figure out what it is go right to that cause, heal that before it even comes then we would be able to live longer
2: Exactly. But not only longer. I mean, nobody wants to live longer and disabled. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you don't want to, you know, when I, when I do a seminar, I'll say, how many of you want to live to 120? Very few hands go up. Why? Because we picture somebody that's 120 is not doing so well. They're like, oh, great. You know, I'd rather die before I, I I'm crippled and living in a nursing home where I'm, I can't do anything that I enjoy. So if you could live to 120 and feel like you do now, how about that yeah well yeah. okay what if we just make that happen keep you where you are we keep you where you are so that's mm-hmm. where the regenerative maintenance is you know we, we try to keep you at your, your current levels so that okay. you don't go down that physical disability route where you're you're in pain dis- disabled or have disease right the, mm-hmm. the the three d's do
1: you have to continue to get the stem cells throughout your life for them to keep yeah. okay yeah it's a
2: it's a it's just like an oil change you don't just stop after you've done one. You go, okay, your car, you're on your own. This is it for you. You're always creating damage. Keep in mind that you are damaging yourself all the time. Right now, there's damage going on in your body. You have metabolism. Your cells are doing their, their job to keep you alive. So
1: mm-hmm. you're going to have
2: metabolism all the time. So what if you just repaired that every month or every three months where you had that, that, those, that damage was able to be repaired which you didn't know about and then you just keep doing that so that you maintain a longer and healthier lifestyle so that Mm -hmm. you you have a longer health span not just lifespan it's about health span
0: is it true that there's like no um scientific reasoning on how a placenta even starts like they haven't been able to figure out exactly how it grows or even becomes
2: I don't. That's not my field. I don't know yeah. how the placental uh, how that works. I mean, it's fascinating, mm. but it's not something yeah. I, I'm familiar with. So,
0: but, so yeah, it's amazing how it works. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. You know, I was sitting there thinking. You know, someone like my father. He's 84 years old. He, you know, runs 10 miles a day. He he jogs. He swears it's because he's never. You know, he doesn't eat red meat. He was that one person in my life that know that always. Did things to prevent what he saw coming, Um, you know, but a lot of the things that we choose to prevent us from feeling the joint pain and all these things in the future also can break down our body like jogging, you know, and being healthy um, as far as exercise, like all of that kind of ended up like breaking down um, some of his bones, you know, the, the running kind of started affecting his hips. So this even seems like a better solution. I mean, of course you'd want to continue to do both.
2: Right. I would never stop somebody from doing exercise or want to stop mm-hmm. that because that yeah. is a positive stress on your body. There's so mm-hmm. many good things that occur from that. Yes, it does cause wear and tear. Uh, and then if you can just fix that, then, then mm-hmm. problems don't uh, occur. I started running, I was starting to have hip pain and I, I went and did a procedure right into that area, fixed it immediately. So it never progressed into a problem, uh, a long-term problem, a chronic problem
0: so you got like very automatic results instantaneously wow
2: well it wasn't instant instant, but it was a day later yeah the next day i it was it was hurting and i'm like you know what you know and i was just starting to run so you know i I had horrible form and not the right shoes and you know i wasn't doing the i didn't know all these things and so because of that my hips were out of balance and it started aggravating me so i went and did a procedure immediately once I started to sense, Hey, there's something it, it's wearing down a lot in my hip. Uh, and I just did a procedure immediately and the problem went away. And now, now that's not a problem for me, but you know, when I run long distances, I'll have areas that I notice are an issue. So those are the areas that I need to work on because they're, they're obviously sustaining more damage than, than, uh, my body's used to. And even though I can re- regenerate or repair from it i know those are going to be areas that are going to be a problem in the future
1: but we do know that if we do use tools we could eliminate stress or you know possibly you know make it less we well, do know yeah, that also genetics yes. yeah yeah i mean you could change your environment right which is Absolutely. also genetics you That's know to right. the environment then you know you're, you may make a brighter path so you may not go through that And also, you know, like you had said, when I told you, I was stimulating my vagus nerve. Had I done that my whole life, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, ever experienced that. Or would you, you know, what I'm saying is there are a lot of ways that if we were taught from a child to increase our metabolism, to, you know, control our genetics by changing environment or the awareness of maybe some of these things and prevent stress by at least having some sort of tools. You know, then you can maybe help those eleven systems. You know that you wouldn't even have to do the stem cell regeneration, would you? Is there a way? Is that possible?
2: Our regeneration system naturally starts to decrease over time. Okay. That's just how it. Regardless, it's It's inevitable. It's it's set up that way. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know of a way to keep it running optimally without a little bit of extra help.
0: Yeah. I saw you did a podcast episode on stem cell hair yes. activation. So you can use it um, to help you internally and on the outside physically in what ways? Uh, By your systems. Every
2: way. I mean, what you name it, you know, if you have problems with skin problems or you have, then uh, they have, we can, we can put it in on the skin. You can use it in your hair to stimulate follicle growth. So just you name it, wherever you're having deficiencies, it can stimulate those areas to start functioning better
1: so how old do you plan on living
2: till (laughs) (laughs) well that's a crazy question um how old in terms of my birthdays or your internal
1: and uh, how how old yeah uh, i'm
2: gonna try to keep keep it i'm trying to keep myself at my age now i like what my age is now i I work really well my body functions well um
1: can you go play dodgeball with with the young girls (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I got married so I can't oh, really do that anymore.
1: <laughs> you know, you on Gwyneth Paltrow's show
0: The Goop Lab, they had this no. episode where they went in and could see like how they could take years off of their like age. It was this diet and some hormone therapy and a couple other things that they did and then they would pull out their blood and say oh, you just gained 5 years back.
2: Those are selective tests, they can look mm-hmm. at different markers you can do epigenetic testing to look mm-hmm. at your age. They have yeah. these um, clocks, they're called, they're epigenetic mm-hmm. clocks that'll determine your cellular age compared to your mm-hmm. real age. Um, you can use those, but, but those look at certain markers. And if you change the markers, then you can get changes of the results. Gotcha. So it's really, yeah.
0: You know, unfortunately we live in a world where people care more about their outsides than they do their Aesthetics. insides.
2: Yes, that's mm-hmm. true.
1: Yeah, so I'm totally thinking about that because I know I look young for my age. And I'm like, but what does my other systems look like? Oh right. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. yeah.
0: old. I think it's amazing. I think more people need to know about it. It sucks that you know it costs a lot, but realistically, how how often do we go buy beer and fitness memberships and Botox? Yeah. And
2: well, so here's what I have. I have I have one thing that I came up with that was kind of cute. Uh, I call it the uh, birthday booster.
0: Ooh, I like and that.
2: Easy to remember. The birthday booster. You do one of these type of procedures on your birthday. It's a like gift that. that you won't want to give back, right? You know, it's, it's a little expensive. So you can contribute, you know, have your friends as well as family or yourself all pitch in to buy this this procedure, making it kind of affordable. Uh, and then you could say on my birthday, as I get older, my sales get younger. I love so you, it. You gain an age, uh, you gain a year, you lose a year on yourselves.
0: I mean, I literally cry myself to sleep sometimes with joint pain. So wow. um, this is something that could really change my life. It affects me as a mother. It affects me in my job. It affects me sometimes just walking through the grocery store. I mean, this is a life changer for me.
2: And imagine what it would be like if you didn't have that problem. Yeah. What would it be I, like for you?
0: I think, I mean, in every way possible, emotionally, I'd probably be more stable. I wouldn't be as fatigued. I'd have more energy. I'd be able to work out more. I'd be able to be more active. I'd be able to enjoy my job more. I'd be able to, I right. mean, I could go on and on and on.
2: So when would now be a good time to do one of these type of procedures?
0: Well, birthday's raising money, girl, the GoFundMe days in April. <laughs> 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 yeah. But you yeah. know what,
1: Dr. Ross, this would also be super fun because, you know, they're trying to extend people's lives so they could go further in space. It's one of the reasons why, you know, they can't, you know, get as far because, you know, no one would actually right. live that long.
2: Well, I will contact.
1: Yeah. Elon. His
0: name?
2: I'll give Elon a, a call be- and, and
1: see I what would. we can
2: work out together. <laughs> I have. Oh, Bezos too. Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Sense of Soul and breaking this down for us. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and find out more information on this?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, the best way is just go to a, a website, drrosscarter.com. It's d r r o s s c a r t e r rcom and there you'll find you know where you can talk to me, set up a time. Whatever it is you need, some of these procedures can be uh, can be remotely done. Meaning that if you if you don't live in West Palm Beach, like I, I where I am, uh, we can get it done wherever you are. So if you're in Dallas, Texas, we can get a procedure, You could get a procedure done, and a lot of times you could do it at your own home, depending on where you live. Yeah, if uh, if you're in a big big city, a lot of times we can do a a a nurse that'll come to your house and do a. We could do an IV procedure. That's usually wow. a You can actually okay. inhale these as well. You can do them as an a uh, nebulizer or inhalant, so you can get them in your body uh, different ways. You don't have to be a, a local to to do a procedure like this. If you want okay. to contact me about that,
0: have you found that one way is more effective than the other?
2: Not really. I mean, they. You know. Uh, okay. I think they all they all are effective. Um, yeah. So you can, Great. some people like the IVs. I like IVs just because, you know, you're getting all the product in when you do it intranasally, you're going to, some of that stuff is going to go down your digestive tract and be eliminated. Yeah. So, okay. so uh, but yeah, but it, if you don't like injections, that's one simple way to do it.
0: I gotcha. I like that. And now it's time for break that shit down.
2: Our health is our primary thing that we have, that we have control over. Most of the other things, we don't have control over people. We have influence, but we can't control the weather. There's so many things we can't control that we focus on when we can control the one thing that we can, which is our health. And when you don't have your health, you will pay anything it takes to get it back. We work so hard. We ignore our health to make money. But what happens is we'll have to use all that money to restore our health, you know, and- you've got to stay healthy. That is critical. And there are ways to do it and prevent these problems from occurring that are available to you now. Don't wait till you have a problem because it's so much more difficult to to solve after the fact. Don't do that. Do preventative maintenance, regenerative maintenance in this case is so much more valuable to you than trying to solve a problem afterwards.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Nice to meet you.